What's your favorite podcast? You better say obsessed. I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with this. We're obsessed with you, so get obsessed with us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Obsessed. Ooh, that right there is Ariana. And that's Jeff. And we have a very special guest from the podcast Barely Bearable. Here is Danny Romanello. Oh my God, guys, I'm so happy to be here. Yay! This is so exciting. This is a long time in the making. This is my second time on yeah. your show. You haven't been with well, us since the season time, one, Danny. We, I know. We talked about murderers um, yes, before the it was pandemic. Yes, serial killer episode. <laughs> Which I believe was one yeah. of our like first five episodes, right? Yes, you're right, Ari. It was yes. 2019, and yeah. look, it's 2022, and we're back. Wow, back for part oh, two. Yeah. It was in your Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> yes, yes, that I'm still in yeah. in this bedroom. In this room, <laughs> the, the the haunted is it haunted? Yes. He said the demon haunted. in the closet, Ari. <laughs> we know this. Is it haunted? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He, well, the block is haunted. He oh, said. there's a haunted like, house the block. down the block. There is. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you said your block is haunted. <laughs> it's not haunted, at least well, I from what it. I know. It, it, maybe it'll become haunted, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just think everything's haunted. Otherwise, I'm not a good conduit Everything. for for spirits right now. Like, there's no reason they would want to, like... You know, Same. take over my body. Where guys don't anywhere? even. Guys don't. <laughs> guys don't even message me back. You think a ghost right, is like gonna? A demon is not like, possessing no. me. Hey, don't look at Can't me. I don't want to be possessed. <laughs> Jeff, you're like super active and like always doing stuff. Like a demon's like, yeah, we're gonna go places in Jeff's body. Mine, mm. they're like, she's fucking laying in bed all day. <laughs> But I heard every time you yawn, a ghost puts their penis in your mouth. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so that's why you have to cover your mouth. That's what my friend said. So I was like, you're right. That's I mean, honestly, you never, there are some accurate. really perverted ghosts out there, I'm sure. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> then I'm just out here giving freebies constantly. Yeah. <laughs> She's a tired girl. Uh. <laughs> anyway, we're so happy to have you, Danny. Yes. Okay, so let's get into it. So, we have our special guest, and we have a super special topic. They're all special, but we love this one. We will be talking about Scream! Yes! <laughs> We're here. Yes. Um, so, the, the newest Scream movie, um, officially titled Scream, but we all call it Scream 5. Like it, you Scream know, 5. That's, that's totally. what it is. It's um, Scream 5. It's Scream 5. I don't care what people that's say, it. including the, like, makers of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're here to talk about just, like, Scream and the, the impact that it, it had on, on horror, and it completely pivoted that entire genre back in the 90s. And it changed our lives. <laughs> I'm not even exactly for the better. For the better. For the better. <laughs> for the better. We truly don't know what kind of people we would be without this franchise. No, it might I be feel. straight. Who knows? I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get into that weird comment later. <laughs> we could be straight. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh, no. We could be on straight TikTok. Oh, Ooh, gross! The dancing. This I can't is too do scary. that. I can't listen. Yeah, I this know. is. <laughs> I know it's a horror episode, but that's too scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, for me, I mean, all of us here are, like, huge horror fans. And, like, we wouldn't be horror fans without loving everything that Scream brought to the table. And, you know, like, as a, on, a on paper, like, at the very, like, highest level, like, Scream just seems like a very standard, like, cliched, typical slasher movie. And it's about a killer named Ghostface because his mask is the Ghostface mask. And he just stalks and calls unsuspecting teenagers, killing them off one by one. So, yeah, again, it sounds like the, you know, the typical slasher movie. Right. Run of the mill. Run of the mill. You know, you could predict what's going to happen. But yes. you're wrong because this is actually one of, like, the most, at the time, it was, like, one of the most, like, elevated horror movies of, of its oh, yes. genre. I think because um, this, he, the, the Scream character, the ghost face, is a real person. Like, Michael Myers, to me, is kind of, like, super mortal. Oh, he for sure Because he's yeah. shot, like, he doesn't die, like, 
this is scary because like it's kind of true and i'll get into that later at the end well middle of the episode or something no but soon, it's just sooner scary we, we, oh, we, sooner we need to know okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that sooner but yeah um yeah that's why i think it's scary i i agree with that danny like i mean i have all the love in the world for michael myers uh, for different him. reasons yes. Yes. Um, yeah we're obsessed with him yes. um <laughs> but i i do genuinely get scared of like maniac sort of just impromptu killers that yes. sometimes don't even have an agenda. Absolutely. Like that, that falls under this. Like, what's that other movie? Um, the Strangers? Yes. yes. I was just about yeah. to say, for me, Home Invasions, uh, and yeah. that's what this is, kind of. They 1, just don't rob you. They rob you your life. Yeah, you know? Yes. That's what's scary. So, to me, yeah. I think that's the most terrifying thing. And I forgot... Right, and the whole movie you're watching, and you're just, like, waiting for that reveal. Right. To be like, who is it? Do they know him? Is it a random person? Him. I assumed it could be and anyone. Don't, it's 2022. You can't assume people's gender. And there's more than two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And the first one, there were two killers. But the, that's, that's kind of like the really fun thing about the Scream movies is that like you go into them not like when you go into a Halloween movie or Friday the 13th, you're like, all right, we're going to go see Jason. We're going to see Michael. We knew yeah. we know who the killer is. But in this one, every single movie has a different killer. So like no matter what Scream you're seeing, like it's it's still this whole like mystery, like who done it type movie that and it's really fun to kind of put the pieces together as you're watching it um so in that it's very different from from other slasher movies for sure absolutely because yeah. you've got to like do your homework in a way we are yes. watching it and like putting the pieces together like who is what and everything right and if you yeah know, it's like oh, real life clue it is you're and literally playing clue you're watching it and you're like oh my god i have to pay attention because if i miss a single second i might miss a clue about who the killer is yeah and you might lose your life <laughs> um your yeah. life that's mm-hmm. it you're but gone yeah, I mean, so it. okay isn't this based on a true story do we know that it is <gasps> so let me get into that okay I'm so excited. Danny is pulling out his eight-page script. (laughs) Eight-page script. Let me just do this. Okay. (laughs) So I got my sources from none other than My Favorite Murder, um, The Morbid Podcast, and other documentaries, of course. Also, Danny, um, thank you for sourcing your your information. Ari and I never source anything. I usually and don't say straight out of our yeah. brain. I usually don't. So and like, smart. like every now and then, people are like, "Is that true?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I just kind of said it." So <laughs> I figured uh, I'd give you know, I don't know, context. Okay. I love that. So on March 9th, nineteen ninety four, Kevin Williamson decided to write a horror movie. Okay, and he wanted to title mm-hmm. it "Scary Movie." That's all he had, and he was like, "Okay, I have writer's block, but I know I want to write a horror movie." So he's. He's at his house, you know, just deep, just chilling. Like, I need to watch something. I have writer's block. A true crime show comes on. They talk about the Gainesville Ripper, mm. who, yeah, this is terrible, terrifying. He sneaks into college kids' homes and brutally murders them. Damn. And this is in Gainesville, Florida. Um, he was so creeped out. <laughs> oh, everything. So he, he was so creeped out that he literally got up from where he was locked all the doors and checked all the windows because he felt like someone was in his house. Jeez. And then he was he, he thought about that. He was like, why is this scary? It's because home invasions and being killed in your house is the most terrifying thing. Because when you think about it, your house is where you have to, you're, you're safe. You feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, that's the most terrifying thing. Wait, and can, um, I also, can I also add something? Yeah, because absolutely. I feel like in the early 90s, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like I know that my family, when they were when they were kids, like they never locked their doors, ever. They would leave never. their doors open. And like, the 90s was like a weird time where it's like you're starting to lose your trust in people because, you know, you just went through an era of like serial killers. So it's like, do you, can you trust your neighbors now? Like, should Seriously. we be like, no, the so, answer is no. It, Trust it, the answer no is a huge no, and I think that that's still a real fear. Is like that the whole invasion of of your your home, which is your, like yeah, your safe space. It's yeah, terrifying. So he actually originally wrote this as a short feature film, and it would it was just showing the teenage girl home alone being sucked by a serial killer and eventually murdered. But the studio was so impressed by it. Next page, y'all. <laughs> was so impressed by it. They ordered an, a whole movie, and um. I don't think he realized how big it was going to be. Because, like I said, he was going to do a short movie. Okay, um, oh, this is what I want to say about this. To me, 
I think this. I think the scream. I think scream kind of has the babysitter elements. Yes, like when a stranger yes. calls. Like that yes, kind of thing. because because he's calling you. He's in the house, most likely. Mm-hmm. But okay, against the color. So Danny Rowland, of course, it's Danny. Danny Rowland was born um, in Louisiana in 1954. His father was a cop, and he was very verbally abusive and physically abusive. Um, he actually killed his puppy. <gasps> Okay, yeah, that's like a in front of him, sign right there. Yeah, like in notice. front of him, and like gave it back to him. <gasps> it's like a terrifying, like like he really went through it. And actually, he actually got along with his mother, which is rare because I feel like most serial killers hate their moms. You know, they're the always sociopaths. Have, sociopaths yeah. end up finding like they're they're able to form very very few connections, but they're like really really intense connections. Yes. And that, that was him. Yeah. That was him. Sorry, I'm opening my water bottle. And it's at the hub. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in 1972, I'm going to get into the, the good things, but this is just a little background. In 1972, he was kicked out of the Air Force for drug possession. He later got married, but got divorced pretty quickly because he was following the same patterns as his um, father. And he was abusing the mother and um, his daughter. Um, after mm-hmm. his divorce, he raped a woman that resembled his wife. Um, he didn't get caught for that. Um, so then he started r- robbing grocery stores. And on November 4th, 1989, he was fired from a restaurant he worked at. He was so mad, he, he decided to kill someone. Wow. So he had his... He, so he killed um, two adults and one kid. Oh, my god! So he had his eye on this 24-year-old girl, Julie Grim- Grimson. Uh, for a while, she worked at Dillard's Department Store, which is kind of like a Nordstrom of the South. Have you guys been? Yeah, they have great, I'm sure great I've deals. Heard great deals. <laughs> um, so, um, and that that was the night he he was fired. So he he went to the mall. Next page, y'all. Look at my pages. Oh my god. He, um, f- he followed her home. He broke into the house, raped and murdered her, and um, mm. he killed the father. And then it says. Um, he either killed her nephew or son. It, it's not clear because I looked at uh, multiple things and they're, they both, uh, they don't know. So um, he stabbed all of them to death, which is terrible. Um, before oh leaving, God. he positioned Julie with her legs spread in a sexually, uh, in a sexual position on the bed. And he posed her hair in like, uh, just laid it out, um, which is so creepy. Um, they found adhesive uh, taper uh, marks on her hands and um, bite marks on her breast. Um, he wasn't caught for this until later. So a couple months after this, he got into an argument with his father, as one does, crazy man, and um, he shot him in the stomach and in the face, and um, he the, the father lost an ear and his eye, sight. Um, then Danny went on the run and he ended up in Florida. Oof. So um, in 1990, he set up a campsite behind um, Florida State University of Florida, sorry, that in Gainesville. Is terrifying. Terrifying. So in 1990, Gainesville, Florida was actually ranked 13th safest city in America. Wow. So like, like nothing like this happened. So you have to assume what we were talking about. Everyone probably left everything opened. Oh, the I'm safest sure. town, you 1,000%. know? So, um, this is scary. Um, on August 24th, he was at Walmart and he spotted his next two victims. Mm. And the creepy thing about this is he was walking around Walmart, theoretically, holding the stuff he's about to kill them with and tie them up with. Like rope, duct tape, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, so, like, like, like they, they, wow. had no, they had no idea that this guy, maybe behind them, checking out, is is going to kill them. So um, on August oh um, 24th at 3 a.m., he broke into the home of freshman uh, Christine Powell and Sonia Larson and brutally raped and stabbed them. Jeez. Um, and by the way, he wore a black ski mask. Um, maybe he got, uh, the, the writer got the mask idea from this because he yeah. was masked. Um, let's see. Uh, that morning, Christine Powell's uh, parents called the police because something was wrong. She wasn't, answering and I think they had uh, brunch plans. The police couldn't open the door because it was jammed. I think it was jammed because he probably jammed it by accident breaking in, you know, bent metal and whatnot. And by yeah. the way, the parents are waiting outside to see what's going on. 
Oh so um, the police break in through a door or window, and they smell something, and they smell something awful. And I, I looked into this because bodies don't um, decompose overnight. And the the uh, Elena from my uh, the Morbid podcast is a mortician, and she says if you puncture the bowel, a smell will come out, and that's what the smell was. Um, oh. Yeah, so it was awful. So um, the they first found Sonia Larson. She was so badly mutilated that they had to use her dental records to identify her. Oh my gosh. Um, oh. So then they, they found Christine Powell directly in front of the door, and she was also posed in a sexual position. Her nipples were remo- removed. Um, <gasps> yeah, and the examiners found that all these bodies were washed with detergent, which is strange. And um, the scary thing was there was a third roommate... But luckily, she slept out that night. Just <gasps> out of pure luck, she would have been there and right. been murdered. Wow. Um, so, Jeez. actually, before the police were even done with this crime scene, they got a call about another crime scene in the area. 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. She worked for the police department, actually, and she didn't show up for her shift that morning. And police were concerned because she always was very punctual. She always showed up, and she would call if she was late or whatever. Um, the door was locked, so the police went in the back of the house to see what was going on. There they saw, they looked through the window, and they saw her naked on the bed, bloody, and slouched over. She was missing her oh. head. She was headless. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, he, he put her head on a bookshelf. So when you walk in, you see the bookshelf. And the I head heard was about facing, this one. The, the head was facing her body, like oh like God. looking at her. It was sick. What? Um, oh, and this is a part of Scream I want to say. So um, she was actually gutted. And uh, uh, Stu talks about gutting in Scream 1 because I think uh, Sydney goes, what's gutted? Because Casey Becker was get it, gutted. Yes. And he was like, you take a knife and you split them from groin yeah. to sternum. And um, I, I saw that. I was watching the documentary. I was like, oh, my God, that's where they got it from. Interesting. Um, and also, like Casey Becker, she was... Um, Staged, but she wasn't in a sexually position. She was hung by a tree, tree on a tree set. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to say? A swing. Um, so her parents found her. So I think that's where they got that from. Um, and also, wow. there was a curfew in town, and they beefed up security like they did in the screams. I believe yeah. they did it in Scream Four and Three, and all of them. Yeah, pretty um, much. So um, on the night of the twenty seventh, he broke into another apartment where two 24-year-olds lived, Tracy Paulus and Manny Tabota. Manny was actually 6'3", 200 pounds, and he played football in high school. And that reminded me of Casey Becker's boyfriend, Steve. He's big, he plays football, and he'll kick your ass. Remember that <laughs> famous quote <laughs> Drew Barrymore says? Casey, Casey Becker's the, the, uh, Drew Barrymore's character in the first Scream who was Thank you, Jeff. gutted in, yes. the, in the opening got sequence. It. I know, I was like, you guys know this. You guys know this. <laughs> um, Absolutely got it, babe. Yes. So, so Manny was sleeping, actually, and he was stabbed in his stomach. The knife went through his stomach and out his back. What? Manny fought back. He fought back hard. He was stabbed 31 times. Um, yeah, he fought hard. And, he and even And even Danny Rowland in court said, he almost got me. Because wow. he really put up a fight. Yeah. Damn. So, I mean, as one would, you know, you're fighting for your life. Um, so Tr- Tracy heard commotion. So she ran to his bedroom. And there she sees Danny Rowland over um, Manny's body. with He has a mask on. And he's like, she's like, what is this? So... She runs back to her room and locks the door, and of course he breaks it down, brutally rapes and murders her, oh and yeah, he's killing everyone. So the wrong person actually gets arrested for this and cleared. So then they found his campsite with, there was gloves, masks, um, knives, and other tools, and uh, audio diaries. He would record things and talk about them. Kind of like a podcast. Um, <laughs> so, um, too soon, too soon for us. Um, so, so um, he said his motive was to be famous like Ted Bundy, and um, the murders took place over three days, and he was executed in 2006. So that's that's Danny Rowland, wow. and that's the origin of Ghostface. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I, I know that that influenced the first scream, but just his motive alone, and no spoilers, like that, 
kind of reminded me of Scream 4 a little bit. <laughs> um, Seriously. No spoilers. <laughs> no, no spoilers. Um, but yeah. There will be, at some point, though, everyone, there will be um, talk of the new, the newest Scream. Yes. And we will let you know right before that moment. If you have not seen it, you can absolutely drop off. Unless you like spoilers. Danny, thank Hi. you, by the way, oh, for you're that, welcome. like amazing recap i didn't know was i super that. fast I I like no yeah. that was I, I i honestly was like getting chills as you were explaining that because i the so whole scary setting up a campsite behind a college like where he's stalking and killing like, students, like it, it's like fish chills. in a barrel for him oh yeah. my god yeah. chills up my spine but he also went from like zero to a hundred like exactly oh, i'm really angry i'm going to actually kill someone to becoming like a really like Intense, gory, sick murderer. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and it's you know, and it's because he wants the fame that the other serial killers from the seventies, eighties that they all got through, through their murder spree. So that that's like, and that is sickening because that like for sure happens. Like still to this day, people do insane yeah. things in order to get their their name splashed across <laughs> page one. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it reminds me of yeah the killers because I feel like that's what they wanted like with all the franchises I feel like they all wanted clout they, they all did. wanted like to be like that famous and um it's sickening so I think this is why Scream is so scary because they're not superhuman they're they're people that are they, doing this they're yeah. not Freddy Krueger they're not Michael Myers they're not Jason they're regular right. people that you know and I know and in your friend group well that's what Scream is and um. That's why I think it's scary. And yeah, and imagine like just being so unlucky, wrong place, wrong time. Because seriously, this motive has literally nothing to no, do with nothing you. to do with you. And that yeah. woman sleeping out saved her life. It's just crazy. To yeah, me. right. Where like you would My think God. like staying home would be the safer thing to do, but like even exactly. staying in your own home is is no longer safe. Um, right, you're like, if I'm going to get brutally murdered, let it be because I did something horrific to someone. Not that anyone deserves yeah. to be brutally murdered, but like, you know. And or ex- if I said a really good joke and the guy couldn't take a joke, and that's why oh, I was yeah. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. I'm too well, funny. Yeah. Fine. That actually is, that is a perfect transition into the slasher genre in general. Like, through in every slasher film, especially like in the 80s, and even now, like, there are these character archetypes and like these cliched stereotypes that like if you're a, like a, a slut sorry like I, I'm not slut shaming but like in the movie if you're slut like slut shaming oh, cancel slut shaming whore whore, whore is like the bad one now <laughs> slut is good slut is good okay so if you're like a <laughs> slutty little skank <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Jeff really enjoyed saying that I will say that Jeff, people like, I'm seeing his face he lit up like a jack-o'-lantern I know okay anyway like, <laughs> there are certain people that get are on the chopping block in slasher movies and that is what like I feel like Scream as as the franchise kind of like completely twisted and like redefined the formula of these slasher films by calling out all these cliches so that like Mm -hmm. like yes you know that the slutty slutty teenager is gonna die but it's also like okay but also the the virgin can now die like anyone's anyone is expendable at this point because scream is is kind of like throwing all these cliches out the window um absolutely yeah. and this is a great uh time to talk about drew barrymore dies the first um first uh five minutes of scream yeah she was Which... an a-list celebrity and like the audience were like whoa so everything goes basically yeah, you're right. That's a really good point. Kind of like setting this up. Like, yeah. hey, if we can kill off this super famous person immediately, you have no idea, no idea. what's going to happen like, the rest of this movie. You're blindfolded. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. They, they kind of like carry that on through the sequels too. Like killing off like very famous actors and actresses like right off the bat to like to show like hey no one is safe here like you know when you see a movie mess. with like yeah. Tom Cruise you're like okay Tom Cruise is gonna live through the whole thing but yeah, of course, if you kill yeah. Tom you Cruise too much. in the opening scene yeah. just cause I, I, I love Mission Impossible <laughs> um, <laughs> which is uh, Jeff's obsession with like um, action movies I didn't know that it, like interests me so much we'll I have never seen Mission Impossible 
Oh, they were so good. Like Fast and Furious, Mission Impossible. Never. You couldn't pay me. They're so good. Okay, sorry. And really quick, in my dating profile, it says I will not watch Star Wars with you. (laughs) Okay, see, just so they know. (laughs) Oh no. I'm leaving. It's okay. No, no, I'm not offended. <laughs> but anyway. that's really funny. But no, Jeff, you brought up a really good point of like addressing some of these cliches and like turning them upside down. Because literally in the movie, like how many times do people say things like they're answering phones constantly and they're saying hello, who's there? I'll be right back. And normally, any other film when that happens, you're like, okay, goodbye. It was yeah. nice to know you. Right. We'll come back. But by by bringing means- that awareness to it, like we as audience members know that okay, if they enter the phone or if they go I'll be right back like when they hear a noise like we know that they're going to die but the twist is the characters are also aware of that aware, so they know yeah. that if they do these stupid things that people do in horror movies like You're they're going to die yeah. so they're going to be a lot smarter yeah. it's such is, a smart movie it really is it really is it's a smart sleek slasher and we love alliteration yeah. <laughs> love that love that for us <laughs> I also feel like Scream revamped these slasher films. Absolutely. Because they were kind of, like, dying off, and it brought it back in this, like, you know, like, super dramatic, exaggerated, funny way. Yes. And obviously stuck and became such a well-known film. But that's really fucking cool. Yeah, because I feel like at the time, Wes Craven, who I love, who is the director of the movie Scream, um... In, like, 1996, he was already on his, like, fifth Freddy Krueger movie. And, like, mm-hmm. I believe they made fun of it in the um, the movie Scream. They did. Like, oh, they suck. So, like, yeah. he's aware that, like, people didn't like them. And he's poking fun at himself, which I thought was really cool. He's a good sport. Yeah, he is. And, um, and also Wes Craven, who, who directed and, uh, and produced, like, the first four films. He died in 2017, I think. So... Yeah, pretty recent. RIP, you are a legend. It's great. Um, But yeah, so when Scream kind of like revitalized the horror, the slasher genre specifically, that's when movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, Urban Legends, like all those movies started coming out. Yeah, those were great. And they were all, they all kind of followed this like, this like revival of like the slasher uh, villain. Um, Absolutely. Yes. I know what you did last summer. Wow. That, like, unlocked so good. a lot of memories. Brandy was in the second one. I'm like, you go, Brandy. Yeah, and, and Jack Black. <laughs> what a random cast. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I forgot. Know. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets clipped. Wait. Also, <laughs> um, the, the writer of Scream, I think, also wrote those movies. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Kevin Williamson. It honestly sounds like it. I yeah. would think so. Yeah. I'm almost positive. Because we actually just watched I Know What You Did Last Summer the other night, and I'm pretty sure his name popped up on the screen. I was like, oh, my God. Really quick fun fact about that. Um, do you remember that part, that scene where she goes, what are you waiting for, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that an intern suggested that. No. He was like a PA or something, and the director, they were talking, and he was like, what would you say here? Just, like, shooting the shit. And, and they were like, what if you just said this? And um, that is such an iconic moment because if you scream that everyone knows what that's from yeah and then scary movie made fun of it <laughs> oh, yeah yes of course <laughs> interns so my god i love them that's and actually going back to i know what you did last summer so like in scream <laughs> the killer calls people but and i know he did last summer he writes notes to them so it yes. kind of took oh my god it kind of took that same concept but like just tweaked it a little bit um and maybe like yeah, just like a, like the Cal- calligraphy calligraphy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Collages. <laughs> no, Literally collages. Really just like enhance this like like super anxious feeling of like impending doom, not knowing when, not knowing by whom, um, but knowing that it's not looking good for you. Right. Absolutely. And and the, also the scary part is like that it's a whole like anonymity thing. Like as audience members, yeah. we don't we don't know who the killer is just as much as the killer's Sorry, the the characters don't know who the killer is. So we're all kind of in the same boat. Like we're all victims yes. here. <laughs> I love that. I love like there are there are other genres where I really appreciate being like in on the the joke or the secret. Yeah. And then there are moments like this where I absolutely love being so surprised and thrown off because I would have never guessed it. So if they do it well, like they do in Scream, um, really well. then I'm like, thank you. I would have hated to like know. No, like, every, even yeah. see the killers like prepare. Saw and that like that. Coming, and just, it yeah. wouldn't be the same movie. Right. So um, 
there's a really in- interesting um, uh, character type that's in all the Scream movies, and that is a modernized version of the monster kid. And I actually didn't know what this term was until I read, like, this long article about it. So pretty much, like, in the 80s, there were a lot of horror movies where there was, like, one character who was, like, the beholder of all knowledge like related to monsters and hor- and horror movies and everything um like Frankenstein, Dracula, the mummy, all these like old like universal monsters um and they were like the experts that would kind of like help and they would the- guide them, guide all the main characters throughout the story. Yes, so and, they, and they would kind of like it, like let the characters that aren't really familiar with like horror like they were they were the experts that were just kind of like enlightening them with um, how villains act in movies and how, how monsters act and stuff. So Scream kind of took that and modernized it. So in the first one, Randy was one of the, the, the characters. He was a, a teenager who was obsessed with horror, and he was talking about, like, Michael Myers and Jason and, like, ha- like how to survive a horror movie. We kind of got into, like, some of, like, the rules and, like, the things that you can and cannot or shouldn't shouldn't do in movies. And he was this, like, new monster kid, like, expert on all things horror and Scream has one of those in every film um, that kind of, like, correspond with, like, horror during that specific era in which the movie was released. And including the the new one, too. They kind of follow that same theme of having that, like, horror expert who happened to be the series' first queer black woman in the Scream franchise. I, you know, to theater class, openly theater class. queer. Yes. <laughs> Let's say. I love, 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 love. Um, so, Jeff, obsessed with the whole Monster Kid um, that was really concept. Cool. Yeah. But even more obsessed with how, like, now blatantly clear, clear, queer, <laughs> um, uh, Scream is. And, like, I just think I, I love so much that um, Scream has, like, meant a lot to the queer community for such a long time. And now with this revival of it, it's it has the chance to grab even younger audiences who may not have been like as close to the franchise as we were growing up because it's modernized. It's, you know, including obviously a a diverse group of people and making them the lead. You know, I feel like we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. And I just love that when scream comes back, it does this. And I'm like, yes, fucking make them lead. And it's amazing. Um, and also, I don't know if a lot of people, I, I, Actually, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know this, but um, um, Kevin Williamson, who is a screenwriter and wrote uh, three, I believe, three of the five screams. And he actually happens to be gay himself, um, which was awesome and huge for the time and really... um, like influence these characters and that style that then Scream kept on, uh, including even when he wasn't the writer for it. Um, and I love that. And also, as we know, um, Gail and Sydney are two fabulous. I mean, all every character is great. They're like the shares of horror movies. Oh my god, right? <laughs> Literally, Gail and Sydney, um, strong female leads. Of yes. course, they're they have their flaws, but we're obsessed with them for like it. Gail's and bangs. Like, literally yeah. gay icons. <laughs> Gail's bangs. Not obsessed that with those. Uh, terrible. Not obsessed <laughs> with the bangs. She pissed off a gay person, I think. She pissed off her her, uh, her, her hair guy. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing about the the two leads, obviously Dewey is one of one of the main three, and he's he's awesome. Had definitely had a crush mm-hmm. on him, so you know another Duh. queer aspect there. That's but um, yeah. the thing with like obviously Sydney is like the strong like virgin uh, final girl who's like a total badass, like puts up an awesome awesome fight. You're, you're rooting for her, and then Gail Weathers is this sassy reporter who has her nose in everyone's business. She's instantly a gay icon, but she is really a good soul. At, at her core, and and like we all know that, like she's not she's not a villain by any means, and we wait, like, Gail, Gail. I feel like she is a villain in the first one because Sydney punches her in the face. She's, she's a villain, <laughs> no, but let me explain. Uh, oh yeah, she's a villain because she knew 
so okay. Long story short, someone murdered Sydney's mom, and that's what started this entire murder spree. Sydney mm-hmm. thinks it's this one guy who was convicted, like put away. Gail believes that he's innocent, so she's fighting for his innocence and is trying mm-hmm. to get Sydney to like realize that she made a huge mistake by like putting him away when he's actually innocent. The killer is still out there. Sydney doesn't believe her, and that's why she punches Gail in the face. So we Iconic like we moment. think that she's a villain, but she ends up right. being you know one of the heroes right we got it she's like standing for justice on the hunt getting all of the details not making any accusations yeah she's like an undercover Um, reporter well and not undercover because she's like that's uh, her job too (laughs) but i do also love that like corny cox in that role like had to fight for that role oh yeah because right before that you know she's monica and she's sweet and she's fun and she's bubbly she's a little actually she's type a yeah yeah kind of carries over into gail's character as well it does it does a bit but like when when casting they weren't actually sure that she could pull off the um like sort of, like, command the scene in that way and be that, like, bad bitch character um, and be mean and aggressive when she has to. Uh, and she proved them wrong. And she's, did a fucking yeah, she's a great actress. Um, I wanted Jeff, to... you brought up um, the term final girl, and I have a comment on that because um, Williamson, again, the Kevin Williamson, the um, gay screenwriter for Scream, um, <laughs> so it sounds like I said the Scream You know, twice. the gay, anyway, the it's gay fine. screenwriter. People are following, I think. We got it. I, we got it. We know what We're I'm here. talking about. <laughs> um, Williamson did an interview, and I'm going to quote it because I, when I read this, I was like, oh my God, I never, I never thought about this, and I just love the way that he saw Scream. So he was interviewed by The Independent um, and he said that he actually related to this, quote, final final girl um, most in slasher films. Oh my gosh. Um, and so Jeff mentioned this, but the final girl is the, the female protagonist who manages to survive until the end um, and like outsmarts the... Like a Jamie Lee Curtis, like that, yeah. that right. type. Right, you love Jamie Lee Curtis, right? They outsmart the killer um, they're the killer does not think that they will make it at all. No. They think they got it in the yeah. bag with this girl, um, and they then they the outsmart fire. them. They run away. They're stronger in like every feasible way. Um, we love the final girl, but Williamson. Um, related most to this character and he said that as a gay kid I related to the final girl and to her struggle because it's what one has to do to survive as a young gay kid too and he went on to also say you're watching this girl survive the night and survive the trauma she's enduring subconsciously I think the screen movies are coded in gay survival and I was like oh my god and going off that I want to say in um the the funny movie, scary movie, they poke fun at mm-hmm. it. They make fun of uh, Billy and Stu. They're gay lovers at the end, and that's why they killed everyone. Yeah, and it's funny because recently someone asked um, Nev Campbell. I almost said Sydney Prescott. Um, <laughs> somebody asked Nev Campbell about it, and she goes, "Yeah, I could definitely see them being gay." I think that's not like in a, a bad way, a but she was like, theory. "She was like, it might be." Yeah, it's like I mean. Yeah, that's I. I mean, I was little and definitely did not think of this at the time when it first came out. But watching it later on as an adult, like it's, I mean, it's Billy's so hot. homoerotic. Billy's yeah. hot, and they're so fucking hot. I know, <laughs> Billy. I, yeah, Stab and just me, like Billy. bottling bottling up those emotions when you're when your family has gone through like trauma, like it it, it would be a good motive for them to want to kill at no, that time. But yeah, for I sure. Like, I feel like that's a widely accepted theory. Is it even, can we say it's a theory? Like, I feel it's sure like it's proven. a theory because like, we don't know for certain. Yeah, when you're like, that, yeah. Like, if you are if you think you'll be ostracized from society back then and you all already have these, like, tendencies to want to hurt people, like, of course, like, people are going to go crazy and kill people. Kill people. <laughs> You're okay. Right. They might not go as far as killing people, but like you can understand that pent up rage and uh, feeling left out. In you can always cyber bully people and not kill that people. All, cyber bully, cyber bullying kills. Cyber <laughs> bully. That's essentially killing. Okay, I, I have two things to say, Danny. I'm curious to hear how how you feel too. But like for me, 
um, watching like horror movies, including Scream, obviously, it was kind of like a, a like I, I grew up closeted um, in a very you know conservative household, and watching horror movies was almost like an escape for me because mm. and like this is this is going to sound really dramatic, but I'm just I'm trying to understand what was going through my mind, but I feel like watching horror movies and like all the things that these characters were going through and like kind of escaping into that it almost felt safer to me than living in my own body and mm. it, as myself and re- you know in my real life so um that's sad yeah and, that, and that's something that like you know watching a rom-com where like uh, the heterosexual couple is falling together like that didn't bring me that same level of comfort as like a horror movie someone getting murdered in <laughs> a garage getting murdered. and i think I re- <laughs> oh my god i really think that has to do with me just like being just afraid to live in my own life because my my real life felt like and like coming out was scarier than watching these horror movies <laughs> if that makes sense I, wow i have a different wow, for really me i think i just Jeff. like to be scared and i think it's like you know how snm people like to be hurt like i think i just like to be scared oh no it's weird i have to maybe go to a therapist and look into no, that i am um, scared is actually like it's, a for, it's like good for you <laughs> like to yeah, be it's honest, like oh my god you're glued I to mean, the to tv honest, you're like three of us are are all like that like I mean yeah. I, I've loved horror films since I was like five yeah they're so great and like I, like Chucky was the first one I ever saw yes oh my god me too ruin me you get, ruin you me you get like a dopamine yeah. rush it's like yeah when it's you watch these films and you know what it is you're you're, you're you feel all the, the sensations in your body yeah but you're in, you know you're in a safe space yes that's it it's, and that's yeah, yeah. it's like it, there are like psychological and even like physiological benefits to like being scared, like it, mm-hmm. it, like you said, it releases some kind of like dopamine or like serotonin, something that like boosts your mood afterwards. Because like you know that it's not real, and you put your body through this. Sh- it's like skydiving, like falling yes. out of an airplane is like scary as shit. But like exactly, but you're doing it under safe circumstances, and there's a reason why people get a thrill out of that. And fun fact, so, you actually burn 200 calories an hour watching horror movies. Isn't okay. that wild? <laughs> so why am I like this? Sam, I think because I'm eating popcorn while I'm, I'm watching like them eating. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Right. Okay, wait. But this is, this is important butter. information because you can be eating that Ben & Jerry's pint and actually – only consuming what maybe four hundred of the the six hundred calories. It'll cancel out, yeah. If you depending or, on how scary the movie cancel. is, or instead of the news, we should watch horror movies at the gym and not the news. Can you imagine yeah, well, all Halloween screen? You're on the news. <laughs> Literally. The news, though, is kind of a horror movie it nowadays. It is, nowadays, yeah. So. Miss yeah. Rona. Miss Rona up in but here. It's not anyway, the fake kind that's fun to watch. <laughs> Aw. But, Danny, did you... Uh, well, I mean, you touched on, I guess, sort of being, like, an adrenal, adrenaline junkie, in a sense, with loving horror films. But, like, did you think of um, these characters as, uh, like, queer? Did you recognize that? Or, um, like, as a kid, would you, you know, relate to watching this final girl? When, when they were making fun of um, Scary Movie, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, they are kind of gay. Like, um, you know, it's homoerotic kind of. Yeah. So I, I didn't really put it together until I watched Scary Movie and they were poking fun at it. I was like, oh my God, it's so obvious. I just didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True, yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. And but Jeff. There are more. Sorry. What, sorry what, what now? What was that? I was, was going to say, Jeff, you and I are a lot alike because I used to collect horror movie stuff as a kid. I collected, it all started because my grandpa. When he passed away, I inherited his uh, monster. Yes, I love it. His monster stamp collection. And after that, I just I started collecting. I would have I had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster in my room. My sister's like, "You're fucking weird." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And, I know, um, so, but it brings yeah. you comfort in some weird way. I love horror movies. <laughs> I'm a scream queen. Leave also, me alone. A scream queen. If you are going on like a first or second date with someone, go see a horror movie because you are you're then gonna like you know br- embrace each other and like hold hands to like protect them. I don't know. So I'd be so turned off if I heard a guy scream like ah. I'd be like that's it. We're out. Yeah, <laughs> I because I, I scream like that. I do. I I do judge people based on how they react to horror movies and like totally. it could either I like, feel like make I or hit break you a friendship. <laughs> yes. Oh 
my god. I love that. That is so funny. And also for those of you listening, you could not see what we saw, but Jeff <laughs> during that, Jeff lifted up a a scream magazine. A was magazine, it? yeah. A scream yes. magazine, a and Michael I'm- Myers cup. <laughs> As if you all didn't know that he was a horror fan. Also, for this episode, I'm wearing my Woodsboro High shirt from the Scream movie. 1996. And fun fact about this, I wore this out to um, a beer garden last week, and it says Class of 1996 on it, and I had people coming up to me. They were like, is that your high school? Like, did you... Like, do you, are you class of 1996? And I had, like, oh multiple people ask me if I was like, class of you're 1996. you're so young. And I was like, yeah, I'm 40, whatever, five right now. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I was a little embarrassed because I was like, I don't, because is that, I don't know. Then I was like, no, it's from a movie. And then as I was explaining it, I was like, wow, this conversation is actually so boring. I was like, <laughs> I, I'd like, I drink celery juice. I'm 45. And yeah. I look like that. <laughs> I don't know. Make something up. <laughs> Co- coffee enemas. I don't know. <laughs> so I, like, to, I, I definitely... I, I didn't know too much about Kevin Williamson until b- before, just before this new Scream movie came out. Because Ari, you were right; he did not write it, but he he was one of the producers on it. Um, and Got when it. I learned that he was gay, it it like one I idolize him. I I think it's like so cool to have. Um, to have like a, an openly gay like He's out, r- yeah. writer, yeah, and but um, one thing I will say, like, uh, so Don Mancini, who is the director of all the Chucky films, he came out like he's a, he's an openly gay director, horror movie director, and he was saying in an interview that like when he came out, there were a lot of people that were like refusing to watch his films again because they didn't approve of who he was and oh um, and it's just like so really annoying. sad that like I guess they're uh, lost horror back in like yeah. the 80s like it was predominantly you know had a, a heterosexual like viewership so you know okay. having like a horror a gay horror movie director it's like I don't know it's just it's such a it's it's honestly an inspiration to me to like see these directors like coming out and like they're like proud and they're incorporating these like queer influences into their into their films because that's like that's that's real life not every Everyone is not straight and blonde and, like, a jock and a cheerleader in these movies. Like, these are, like, I, I feel like the, the newest Scream, especially, they have, like, real people playing, like, real parts. Um, I, yeah. I, I did want to say um, Wes Craven directed Scream, and he directed um, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And yes. I think we talked about, was it uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or 3 was very gay. 2. It like, was the, the second two. one. 2. Oh, my yeah. God. It was, like... They were in the shower. He was being whooped. Like, it was, like, it kind of turned me on. But They even go to, um, like, a leather daddy, like, gay bar. Yes, they do. I was scene. like, are you at the Eagle in yeah, New York? Literally the Eagle. <laughs> yeah. And, and it feels like they don't they don't acknowledge it, really. It's just, like, it's there. No, and you're like, yeah. what is going on? Because, like, for, like, yeah, the like 80s, a, it's... And, like, a genre, like, Friday the... Th- or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's, like, it felt so out of place. But it, al- it also, like... I don't know. It was relatable, kind of. <laughs> I thought well, it was. It's like normal. It's like normalizing it. If it's not talked about, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah this is a place that people go to. Right. I just didn't expect that because, like I said, I, I love horror movies and I watched them as a kid. But now I'm, you know, older and I was watching it. And I was like, wow, I did not realize how homoerotic this movie is. <laughs> yeah, the, the Freddy Krueger too, whatever it is. I was like, wow. Anyway. Yeah, I love having that realization as an wow. adult. You're like, oh my god. It's like, how yeah, did I, I watch this as a kid? I mean, it was rated R. We shouldn't be watching it anyway. But like, well, you know, for sh- you know, for sure, Beetlejuice but... is rated PG. Isn't that wild? No. I swear to God. I was like, who did that get through? Danny, that has to go do through you know many how channels. I know that? Because I heard Why? it on your podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I talked about it last, yeah, last week. I was like, weird fact. It's so strange how that. Who did it go through? Do you know what's also PG? Wild. Poltergeist. Oh. That movie <gasps> Poltergeist. <gasps> no. It's PG. Hold on. Fact check me. <laughs> no <laughs> way. You're, that's I, what's wild. That's I insane. watched that recently, and yeah, like it's I wasn't PG. scared of it, of course. Wait, Aaron, we, watched it it's t- PG? we watched it together after our ghost the episode. We did watch it. Yeah. The Poltergeist. It's just, like, but weird and not crazy. PG. When I think of PG, I think of, like, Winnie the Shrek. Pooh or something. Yeah. Or, like, Thomas the Train. I mean, maybe, maybe that's G. I don't know. Shrek. Shrek is Shrek PG. Is PG. Yeah, and, like, Finding Nemo. Not, like, clowns <laughs> taking you under your bed and killing you. And canoodling. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. Insane. I can't. So, what 
I think we can all agree Scream also does incredibly is just how they deal with their sequels in that they're all obviously part of this universe, but they don't try to like outdo the previous film. And it's just like, you can still be excited for these films and know that the original is not going to be tainted in any way. Yes. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's, I, and I think Scream is one of the most consistent series that we have right now. Because, like, Halloween mm-hmm. has been rebooted multiple times, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, a bunch of, you know, countless horror films have been rebooted. But, like, Scream has been consistent with its plot line, its character. Yeah, and I feel like it pays one. homage to the last one, in a way. It yes. does. And it I really does. And MTV tried to reboot it back oh, in, like, 20... 20- Terrible. Seven, 16, but it was awful. So they went back to the original series. I was appalled. It was yeah. so bad. It was, it was terrible. Like, they, they used really a completely different shameful. mask. Um, but yeah. my one of my favorite quotes from Scream 4, and I know, Ari, you need to watch Scream 4. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. But Scream 4 came out in 2011 when, like, reboots were very popular at, during that, like, era. And Scream 4 acknowledges it, and Sydney and, like, some of the characters, um, I forgot who says this, but they their line that I absolutely love is, don't fuck with the original. And they say that... I think it was Sydney. It was, I think it was Sydney. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Thank you. And, I love that. And, like, and they're acknowledging that, like, Scream 4 isn't trying to outdo the original, isn't trying to, like fuck with it at all like the original happened the sequels happened they are what they are and they're just like you know just they're just their own entities in a part of this like larger like universe like you said yes and it just is it's truly a testament to that like awareness that the film has right and again starting it off in that way and making it like smart and funny and like ahead of its time in in a lot of ways set it up for success there could be it really did. It, it's so sharp. Screams, yeah. literally. And we'll love them. And I think there will be. There, I yeah. I can see a scream six in the future. Um, Amazing. Hopefully, um, we'll be in so. it. Um, so I think we should start talking about the newest scream, Scream Five. Even though it's called Scream, but let's, Scream Five to us. Let's do it. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, yes. I'm ready for it. Wait, um, do you get? Do you guys hear my phone? Yeah, oh, he's calling me. Hold I, on, I'm gonna be right back. Oh God! No, do not say Sorry. that. Don't. That's the worst thing you could say. Hello? Who is this? Up, oh, she's dead. <laughs> um. So no, Ari is not dead. Um. Don't worry. She just stepped out because we are going to talk about some spoilers with the new Scream movie. Um. Ari did not see it. So and if you didn't see this movie yet, um, we highly suggest that you uh, Get the just fuck out. press <laughs> stop or pause until you um, have seen it. Uh, so again, there will be spoilers uh, regarding the Lots new movie. Of spoilers. So Danny, you and I saw the movie together. Uh, what did you think? I it, it's, it's not what I expected at all. In a good way? Um, both. Because I didn't realize I was disappointed until like an hour after. Really? I liked it. and I, I did like it, but um, spoiler alert, like we said, only four people die. Yeah, the kill count was It was so low. strange to me. And, like, I thought I have – this is what I wrote. I think it, they should have been more creative. Like, maybe, I don't know, surprise us, use a chainsaw, something crazy. Other you know, than, like, and a I, knife. Yeah. yeah, and I think what would have been cool would have been, like, if they um, uh, they killed off one of the killers in 30 minutes in the movie and they, they showed him and then – other people get murdered, so they're like, "Fuck!" There's a second killer. Yes, I think that would have been so cool. I remember you brought um, that up because that, like, they had the opportunity to do that. I remember, and like, it would have been so cool if, like, the characters thought they like let their guard down. They're like, "Okay, we killed the killer. That's it. Like, we could all go about our lives." And then, bam! Like, one of the main characters gets murdered, like shortly after. Like, that would have been that would have been very, very shocking for sure. And in the beginning, with Tara, you know, it's like the Drew Barrymore scene, and the girl answers the phone. They talk about horror movies. Um, she doesn't get murdered, but I think that's obviously that was the point, so they could all get together, and you know, that's what the point was. I didn't realize that till like actually the other day. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and that was the first time in a Scream movie where, like, someone actually didn't get killed in the opening scene. So Seriously, I yeah. do appreciate we, that they kind of, like, switched that up a little bit. And she ended up being, like, a major character um, throughout the film. 
That and um, it stressed me out that they didn't have iPhones. Sorry, people. <laughs> they were like these brick, like black pop tarts. They looked like were they those were even? Were, was that even like a real phone? Like, or was that I just like a no? Like, it was just a generic smartphone. I know. I didn't uh, recognize I the like, brand. I didn't recognize like the the software. I don't want those green texts. I don't want I those green text messages. Mm-mm, Get out of here with I, that. I, I, I'd, Kill someone too if they text me with the green text. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I, I'm here for that. Um, oh, Tommy, did you like it? Tell me everything what you thought. Okay, so just because I've been like so hungry for a new screen movie, like because I thought the fourth one was a great sequel. Like it was, it was so fun. Um, it was the first scream that I saw in theaters, and I honestly thought the series was dead after that. Like I didn't think it was going to come back, and then. Um, and, you know, especially after Wes Craven passed away. But I was so happy to hear that, um, you know, Kevin Williamson, the original writer, was involved. Like, the original cast yeah. came back. Like, I was like, okay, if the, if the original cast is coming back, like, they would not do this movie if it didn't do Wes Craven's franchise uh, justice. Absolutely. It wouldn't so have, yeah. I knew it was going to be a welcomed addition to the the series and by no by it's not like the it's not the worst sequel by any means in my opinion no um, I don't think so either and yeah. I think I think that the kills like I it would have been cool if they were a little bit more creative but I thought they were so well done like the the ones that they had um, I don't know I I did I liked it I felt really upset afterwards like knowing that one of the main characters died <laughs> so i yeah. i broke dry dry january because of it because i needed a drink after watching it <laughs> i was so happy he died because honestly he should have known shoot in the head yeah like he shot them he shot them in the chest and then walked away spoiler dewey's the one that passed that was killed <laughs> But he I'm was killed nothing. with two knives. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yes. Like, in the front and the but, back. Um, but yeah, I, I but agree. Like, like he's, he's been through this five times now. Yeah, he you're a veteran. You should he's know. He's also a, a, a cop, like cop. an ex-cop. He should know to, yeah. by now to shoot them in the head. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, that was on you, bro. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, just seeing how like Gail reacted, like it was, it was honestly devastating. That, it was sad. And I'm happy yeah. you broke dry January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to talk about there's some Easter eggs I completely missed. So I had to go through rabbit holes on YouTube and find them. <laughs> so uh, what did I want to say? So in the first scene, Tara is talking to Ghostface, and she actually tries to Google who's in the stab movies, and David Schwimmer comes up. And I think it's funny because he was in Friends with Courtney Cox, one of the main characters in Scream. You yes. know. So I, I love that because that. that's such like a random actor at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? So there's a street in the movie called Elm Street. So they're paying homage to Wes Craven's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and one of the characters, his name is Wes Hicks. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Um, oh, we didn't talk about this. I wasn't expecting Billy or uh, what's his name, Randy's sister, to be in it. Who, the girl from uh, Princess Diaries. Her. Yes. Where has okay. she been? So um, the Lily from Princess Diaries, she was in Scream 3. She had like a brief like cameo in it. And then she came back for this one, for another cameo. <laughs> yeah, and, and 3, she basically just delivers a video that Randy made about their new roles. Yes, yeah, after Like after you could die. You, you could die. Like the main character could die now. Right. Um. So I thought I was like, "Whoa!" I was so surprised. This is my favorite thing I that I did not see, and when I looked it up in Scream Five, there's a scene um, where one of the characters is going through a YouTube rabbit hole and looking at videos about stab. And on the side of suggested videos is an interview with Kirby. So she survives. I saw Scream Four. I think she will be back for Scream 6. I hope. You don't think? Yeah. Oh. I think she might. Yeah, I think, I think she She will. was actually my my favorite character, I think, from Scream 4. I thought she was so badass. She had, like, that like, so badass. short haircut. Like, busy oh, cut or whatever so it was. Cool. Yeah. I was so into it. <laughs> and um, uh, another one, Sydney mentions her husband's name is Mark. And in Scream 2, the detective, his name is Mark Kincaid. So, and they had a lot of sexual tension. So I'm wondering if they married... They definitely did. And 
I feel like, I, I remember in Scream 2, like, the, the age difference was kind of, like, significant, but I guess, I mean, now Sydney's, like, 50, and he's probably, like, 60. I don't really know, but... Yeah, I wonder. we got to look at those ages. <laughs> Another thing I noticed was Roman, who is, his real name is Scott Foley, from Scream, he was the killer in uh, Scream 3, um, he makes a cameo in Scream 5. Did you notice that? Does he really? He does. So, um, so Tara's in the hospital bed watching Dawson's Creek, and he appears on the screen because he was in Dawson's Creek. Uh, okay, so it was like a clip from the show that he was yeah, on. Yeah, so oh. he, it wasn't Roman per se. It was the, you know, I thought that was interesting. Right, and didn't, um, I, okay, I could be getting this wrong again, but didn't Kevin Williamson also write Dawson's Creek? Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, no, he did. He, he, he totally did, did. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so another thing I wanted to say, I thought it was interesting that in Scream, well, I didn't like this in Scream uh, two, where no, this was in Scream Three. I'm sorry, where Sydney hallucinates basically and sees her mother. Oh, I hated that. I, I hated any that kind of like dream sequence hallucination. I, it, it's totally like uncalled for. So stupid. And and in this Scream Five, Sam sees her father, who is Billy Loomis, who um, is in Scream One, the the murderer. Right. And so I was I, like, I didn't. Yeah. That I wish they brought him back in a different way, but it it was cool how. He looked identical to how he did in Scream, and I actually well, read, he, he actually aged well. He's he did, cute, he but in really CGI. good. But um, I read that they they only use like makeup and stuff for him, and that they, they didn't end up they didn't use um, de aging special effects. Oh yeah, because yeah. all you need is makeup and good lighting. Just cover up those, the crow's feet. <laughs> He's look like a high schooler He's so again. Hand. He's so I mean, He definitely did not look like a high schooler, but like I mean, it no. was believable. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, the shots were kind of, they weren't close ups. I feel like, but, yeah. um, yeah, um, so I, I did like scream five. I would definitely see it again. Um, but I think I was just expecting a little more. I think the most savage kill and almost made up for it was Judy Hicks during the day. I, that was that, savage. That, that scene would, is going to forever stick out to me. Like, Above and even like the the finale that that one scene sticks out the most because like it was such a a shock I I was not expecting that in the slightest that I, in broad yeah. daylight getting like broad just daylight. stabbed in the neck or whatever I think that was yeah that was the the it was the most wild part of the movie and then I her thought. son got a knife to his neck and in like the slowest like fashion and even even then I had to look away because it was so gruesome. It um, was slow motion. It, when it that was knife literally went slow motion. <laughs> was it? I forgot. It was through his cheek. It was like I through his neck. Like, his, like his, yeah, it was through his yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was like slow motion. And I didn't expect him to die. They, yeah, they were no. killed pretty much like thirty minutes in the movie, right? Yeah, and also I was reading too that like normally in horror films there's like a girl in the shower, but this was like one of the first times oh, where yeah, they, they kind of like sexualized. The the uh, the guy uh, West the character I think his name is Dylan something in real life. That's a good point. I didn't think of that, but good. It's about time these men get yeah. sexualized. I mean, he wasn't good. you know like you know super like ripped or whatever, but like it was it was. I can appreciate it. Change. Yeah. I'm still into it. <laughs> and um, the the motive of the the fan, the um, of the killers in this was that they were like crazed fans that were obsessed with. The stab movies, which are like a fictional franchise within the screen yeah, movies, they're they're super fans. They yeah, and they're like super fans. And like, if you think about it, there are super hardcore fans out there that'll do. I was anything. just thinking that I'm like, oh no, what is this going to turn into? Yeah, I mean, there there are celebrities that are being stalked by their fans. Like you know, they get tattoos of them. them. Yeah, it's yeah, like okay, so. It's definitely believable. Um, it just it just kind of pulled me out a little bit when they were fans that were obsessed with a franchise that da- actually doesn't exist in real life. That was like the only thing that like for me it kind of like pulled me out a little bit. But and um, it was that that girl I forgot her name the killer. Um, she was like don't don't kill me please and she goes. Dewey was a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Dewey died were... like a bitch, and she <laughs> they... gets Gail punches her in the face and. I forgot who. How did she get hand sanitizer on her face? Um, I think like either Sydney or uh, Gail threw it at her, and she was like, "Is that hand oh, sanitizer?" 
Yeah. Which is oh a good, God. it's a good reference to COVID. So that means that like, yeah. um, obviously they had this giant jug of hand sanitizer because of COVID. <laughs> um, Could you but, imagine if the whole movie, they were all wearing masks? How awful. Oh my be? gosh. I mean, like there was I know, a COVID scream. I'd be so mad. Um, But okay. So would you, would you recommend this to a scream fan to see it? Oh, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. You, you can't. Not you have to watch it's your, it. It's even your even if it was <laughs> even if it was the worst movie I ever seen, I'd like you have to see it. Yeah, kind of like the movie the the series just like that. It's so bad. I'm like you uh, have to just watch like it. that. Yeah, the, like... The, the um the Sex in the City. I'm like yeah. you have to watch it. So oh, bad. I think it's but so good. I don't... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Ooh, I also yeah. I never watched the original series, so like this is the only thing I have to base it off of. But love that. Um. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I would recommend it too. It was really fun, um, and I did whatever I could to avoid spoilers. Um, and normally I wouldn't offer spoilers in a podcast episode, but Danny and I really wanted to talk about it. We have to, yeah, we yeah. had to talk about it. Uh, so Ari is so sad that she wasn't able to close out the episode, but hey, you got to go see the movie first <laughs> before we do. Absolutely, hey, yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> it's all good we had fun though we, yeah. we had a lot of fun alright Danny thank you so much um, Ari had to take that very important phone call so she but she wants to say thank you as well and we, we hope course. to do this again soon um, so thank you and uh, bye bye <laughs> this was fun bye bye it's so, it's so weird doing it by myself <laughs> I, I do this every week by myself I know yeah you, you do and like I give you so much credit because it's like if you don't have someone to like bounce like ideas off of, you're just literally just talking. And like that's I know that's but, what you do, but you do it so but well. But it's so funny because I find it harder like with you guys because I'm so used to being alone. So I'm that's not used so to like funny. talking like to right. other people. So <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> like I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm I left a cave and I'm in the world trying to talk to someone. I'm like, I don't know, what when do I start? When do I start my like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um I loved it, though. I had so much fun. And I think, you know, it's just going to make us better. 